0: Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the stream today. Today we're going to be talking about culture shock. So I think we just have a few people here so far. Abdurrahim, Sabino, Leila, Luis, Inaya, Mariam. welcome. Um, Let's get going and we'll see if other people join as we start. So first, um, I would like to know, um, do you know what this means, this term, culture shock? Let me know in the chat, or you could tell me in the quiz slide. And it looks like a bunch of people are starting to join now, so I'll give us a bit more time. Hi, Batter from Saudi So let's see if anyone has an idea of what this means. And then today we're going to go through um, what this term means, and there's some kind of stages that you go through. Um, so we've Orla from Colombia, Ridiala, Culture shock. Alan Iraq, Daban, Kurdistan. Great. So having a couple answers here now, one person has said it's the difference of culture between countries, question um, mark. yeah, absolutely. This can be uh, the the shock part of it is what happens to an individual when they experience two different cultures. Um, but let's. Yeah, maybe someone having adaptation issues. Mm -hmm. So they've moved maybe to another culture and it's very different from their home. Um, Yeah, someone else says when you've been immersed with a different culture. Um, Absolutely, so you can get culture shock, I think, um, just doing a short visit. Um, But generally this would be maybe when you've moved somewhere. So you're more immersed. Perfect. All right, so let's look at some of the uh, symptoms that people might have when they are experiencing um, this culture shock. All right, so there's a big list of the symptoms here. Um, And this might happen at kind of different stages. So let's say that someone is going on exchange. Maybe they're very excited. But when they get there, everything's different. And so they might start to feel some of these ways. Anxious, a bit homesick, um, might not be able to sleep properly, um, feeling kind of isolated. Their productivity could go down so they don't feel like they can concentrate. Um, And poor time management. So they kind of lose track of what they need to do. So these are some of the symptoms that might happen when you get culture shock. Um, It's kind of like there's a phrase that says you feel like a fish out of water. Um, I think that could be sort of what we're talking about here. So someone feels like they're not in their environment. And so that is that is some of the symptoms. There's some other other ones, too, that I came across. You might start feeling kind of bored and fatigued, means like very tired, um, angry, stressed, wanting to go home. Um, So, these are all kind of things that can happen maybe when you don't feel like you were in your own environment. Um, In the chat, Batters told us it's the shock a person has when they face new habits. After visiting a new country, perfect. Yeah, yesterday we talked about habits. so And those do vary um, from country to country. Um, excellent. So what I would like to know for you um, is if you've gone to another country, what do you think was the most difficult thing to get used to? And if you haven't had the opportunity to travel, Um, Maybe you could talk about something you saw in a movie or TV show. Um, So there's a few options here of things that could be difficult to get used to. Uh, Different language and hand gestures. Hand gestures in one country could be very rude in another country. Um, They vary Uh, facial expressions, how much eye contact. So in some countries, um, staring. So staring is when you're just looking intently at someone. Can be seen as normal, and in another country, it could be seen as very rude. And you're like, why are you staring at me? <laughs> um, different food customs. So I think, of course, this is a this is a common one around the world. We have different tastes. Uh, we grow up with um, different flavors, spices different types of meats and so we're used to very different things. Um, The climate, so this could definitely be a shock. Let's say you found yourself moving from uh, from Brazil where it's nice and sunny up to Canada and that first winter would probably be quite a shock (laughs) if you've never experienced winter before in that way. Um, And finally the transport system. So there might be some countries where you get around by moto taxi, which is where there's a motorcycle driver and you just hop on the back, or a tuk-tuk, which you find in lots of Southeast Asia, which is like a little small kind of open vehicle. Or maybe everyone kind of drives themselves around because it's a remote community with very few taxis. It could be a bit of a culture shock too. Um Let's see here where we're at. So the first number one, which I think makes a lot of sense, is uh, different language and hand gestures. So, yes, absolutely. If you're going to a country where you do not know any of the language, um, then this can be very difficult. Um, I think, luckily, you know, you're all working on your English. And if you're going to any large uh, tourist areas, then often... There'll be some people who have, speak some English. It's quite um, a prevalent language in travel, but it's always good to try to learn a few phrases of the local language at least. Um, maybe some please, thank you, and some questions uh, are always helpful and if you can find out as much as you can before you go to the destination that'll help you too so maybe you can watch uh some shows youtube shows about the destination um let's see what people are saying in the chat yeah people have expectations when they're going to live abroad and then they get something different than when they what they expected um let's see here, someone asked about is there something that could be shocking about living in Germany? I think it would depend on where the person has come from. Um, Maybe for example, the person's come from a country where there is limited to no drinking. (laughs) And then they go to Germany and there's these um, beer gardens everywhere and Oktoberfest and it's a big part of the culture. Um, So maybe that would be a culture shock as a, a food custom. Um yeah, different food can be a big problem and language differences differences are very complicated absolutely. Yeah, so I think depending um some people are really open to trying all t- different types of food, right? So for them the food part's not such a problem, but for some people maybe they have dietary restrictions or um just different food makes them nervous. So for them it might be more challenging, but Overall in the quiz, everyone is saying language and hand gestures. And so culture, it's quite a big word. Um, It's a little bit difficult to define. You can see in the image here, it's made up of all of these things. Um, And so the best way to describe it as someone already did in the chat earlier, is kind of a set of habits which varies by country Um, Not just by country, but within a country, you can have different cultures too. Um, So this is like gestures, tones of voice, um, body contact, any ideas, customs, and social behavior of people. And so these are the sort of values and beliefs uh, that are shared from one generation to another um it could also include things like subcultures so um i'm not sure i can't remember the exact time frame but um in london for instance there was a subculture of punk which i mean still exists but you know you call it a subculture within it when it's kind of within a culture so often that might be associated with things like music um and ways of dressing would be a subculture um perfect let's see here Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not to say i think culture it is something that's passed down but on an individual level it's something that can certainly change over time so as you move around and belong to different communities then it's possible that your culture as an individual can change and become a bit more multicultural all right so, I've explained this word a bit and it has many different definitions as you see. There's not kind of one neat definition, but what does it mean to you when you hear this word? Um, and maybe tell me, is it very important to you, your culture? Let's hear. All right, Danny, first stream in a while. Welcome. Welcome back. Um, This is just my I've just started streaming this week. So we haven't met each other. Um, My name is Emily. I'm from Canada. Parfana from Azerbaijan. Welcome. So I'm just gonna give everyone a little moment to tell me in your own words, what does this word culture mean? Perfect. Lots of answers coming in now. So a way of life. Yep. The new and old habits of people. Totally. Yep. Sometimes those old habits, which some of them might pass on and then, but it's constantly changing culture. So there'll be new ones too. Um, the way to say hello, the way to show our love. Perfect. Yeah. In some countries it's a handshake. In some countries it's one kiss It's two or it's three. Um, So I think especially the countries where there's the kisses, you're gonna wanna know whether it's one, two or three um, for greetings because you can find yourself lost a bit in the middle. Um, Let's see, habits of a certain nation, Um, the customs, people, food, music, language, Um, culture, religion, behaviors set of individual characteristics, too. Yep, so all the individuals together kind of help make up the culture as well of a place. Um, Music, food, theatre. Okay, it's interesting in the chat. I think Liam's saying uh, we have a matrilineal, so matriarchal society, I think you're saying, maybe, so you follow the mother line rather than following the father line. That's Super interesting. Um, absolutely, that would be part of culture. Kind of um, family structures can vary according to structure. Um, and Ceci Guale, I guess Cecile maybe, um, from Argentina. What's the most typical or characteristic in the culture in Canada? Um, this is one that comes to mind. I think it's a shared characteristic. Uh, with the UK is that we'll say sorry a lot so even if (laughs) um, even if I'm walking down the street and someone else bumps me by mistake I'll be like oh sorry Um, (laughs) so I think we're um, always always apologizing and I think another part of the culture in Canada that I learned when I was younger is um, Canada is uh, you know we have a we have a large indigenous population, but it's very much a country of immigrants, and so we all come from different parts of the world with our own story. And so in Canada, we say that it is like a patchwork quilt. So a quilt like a blanket. And patchwork means like different parts brought together. And the idea in Canada is that you come and you can retain your culture, but then you also become Canadian. So um, I think we kind of celebrate other people's cultures a lot too, as opposed to expecting everyone to become one type of Canadian. Uh, And I think that's, so multiculturalism is important in Canada, important part of the culture. Cool. All right, so. Now that we've talked a bit about what it means and it it is a really important part of our identity of course um let's go through what happens there's a few stages that happen when you go abroad and some of this could happen on a short trip but probably it's mostly if you kind of move somewhere that you'd have time to work through all of these stages So the first stage is called the honeymoon stage. So a honeymoon is what um, a married couple go on after their wedding. And so the idea is that this is the stage where you're the most happy and excited. Um, You could also call it the tourist stage. So it's when you first get somewhere and you're just discovering all this new culture. Um, You're really excited and you want to learn the culture, the language. And even if there are some issues, you kind of, you're in such a good mood and so excited to be there that you kind of are like, you know, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm open to all these differences. This is great. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's the honeymoon stage. Let's see here. And so at this stage, maybe you've, you're not really getting deep into the culture yet. Um, it's kind of surface level. The next is distress stage. So you're feeling kind of irritated, hostile. Um, You start to receive some sort of shocks from the new environment. So maybe after a few weeks, you're kind of noticing some issues. Maybe you're not feeling safe because it's an area where there's more robberies that you're used to. Um, Maybe there's issues with your accommodation. So you thought that it was going to be a certain way and things aren't working out. And so it just feels like everything's not working out. Um, And maybe you're in a country where things aren't done as quickly as you're used to. Um, So as an example, um, I did a university exchange in Brazil. And coming from Canada, I'm used to, like, you know, people being very punctual and on time and um, things happening quickly. And so that was a bit of a challenge for me when I was making plans for people and they'd kind of come like an hour and a half or two hours later and I would be like, what's going on? But it's just, um, just part of the culture. And so I had to sort of adopt a bit more of a laid back um, approach to making plans. And also for when I would arrive places, I wouldn't necessarily go right on time anymore. Um, But the problem is when you're starting to have all these kind of shocks and changes, Um, It can lead to these feelings of like anxiety and maybe being disappointed. It's not what you expected, Um, bored, angry, stressed. All all these are different feelings that can happen depending on the severity of the culture shock. Um, So then there's the next stage where you are getting used to it. You're having a bit of humor about the situation so you're not uh, getting so angry about when there's differences you just kind of you take it take it lightly um and you have a bit better perspective so this really depends this stage depends on how long you're there for um let's say it's a week trip for a couple weeks you're probably just going to decide to be patient with the differences because i mean it's just a couple weeks let's just enjoy the positive parts of your vacation but if you're going to be there, let's say, for a couple of years or even a few months, um, you, I think you do have to consciously decide to um, adjust and um, sort of accept some of these cultural shocks and cultural differences. Um, and so let's see here. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of what I would call the attitude change stage. Um, If you're feeling frustrated and like things are too different, um, you just need to start changing your attitude here. Okay, so next we have autonomy stage. This is where you're starting to feel at home. You have adapted and you're feeling more bicultural. So you're feeling like you understand the cultural nuances or the cultural differences between your home country and your new country. And this is once you've found really a good strategy that works for you personally to integrate. Um, This allows you to kind of manage any issues directly and you feel like you're going to have a great time in this new place and you're enjoying things. So you've come over all these stressful points. And then the final stage um, is independence when you're actually about getting ready to go back to your home home and you're feeling a bit nervous now again but to go back to your home so it's, this is called reverse culture shock as well so by spending a lot of time in another country you have um, modified your own personal culture um, and so when you go back home maybe some t- now things at home are going to seem weird to you um, and so you kind of have to go through some of these stages again depending on how long you've been away potentially. Um, Parvana's asking me where am I from. I'm from Canada. I grew up on Vancouver Island. And then I lived the last eight years in London in the UK. Um, And currently, I'm in Dominican Republic traveling. Um, So yeah, so I think For me, the UK is not such a different culture from Canada. There's certainly some differences um, which required humor (laughs) or um, required some time to understand. But um, yeah, I would say for me, moving from Canada to the UK, it wasn't super, super different culture. Um, Of course, a lot of Canada's history is from Uh, the UK and France and other Western Europeans coming over initially Um, now it's people from all over the world so um, yeah there's a couple little things but maybe I can do another stream on some of the some of the differences I noticed between Canada and the UK all right so I would like to know from all of you have you ever experienced culture shock so We had the five stages where you kind of um, go from honeymoon to stress to acceptance. Um, Have you experienced all of these stages? You've maybe moved abroad yourself. Um, Have you maybe had a couple of the stages when you went to a new country? Never um, or not sure. And so I think one way that maybe you could kind of avoid culture shock um, or the strong feelings of culture shock is to uh, try and do as much research as possible before going somewhere, Um, whether that's learning some of the language or the customs, just so you're not shocked (laughs) and it's not a surprise. Um, It still might be difficult to work through changes, especially if you're living somewhere new. Um, But I think it's always worth it to to go try living somewhere else um okay so quite a mix but most of the people say yeah probably a couple of the stages which I think makes sense if you've um, been to some other countries I'm sure there's things like why are they doing it this way (laughs) um I think that's natural and a couple people that said never so maybe Um, You haven't traveled or maybe if you have traveled, you're the type who researches a lot. And so you know what to expect. You're not you're not so worried when you get to a new destination. Cool. So with that, so people who said yes a couple times or yes, all the stages, could you give us an example of something that shocked you? So I gave you the example with me going to Brazil and being surprised by um, everyone being late all the time um, might be a bit of an exaggeration, but in ge- in, in general. Um, I guess I can give another example of a culture shock for me. Um, when I moved to the UK, um, I found that writing emails was suddenly a lot longer. So I think in Canada, we tend to be a lot more direct. So if you're asking something from one of your colleagues, you're just going to send a note and say what you want um whereas i found in the uk um there's kind of like a big intro sentence like how's your family how's your weekend all this and then a bit more background and then down here they might say what they want and then there'll be like a closing so like an email that's the size of the email just increased a lot um a lot more of a formal society i think and um less direct so for those reasons the emails that people would write and that i like started to kind of have to learn how to write that way too um that was a bit not challenging but it was interesting to notice (laughs) okay so let's see what people have said (laughs) someone says they often oops i've lost answers here but someone was saying they compare the kindness of their country um oh here we go answers are back um people someone else said people in a certain country are very noisy and emotional yep absolutely so (laughs) that can be shocking um different kinds of dishes the meal time totally yeah so In Spain, for instance, they'll eat dinner really late. Um, Some restaurants in Madrid don't even open until 9 PM. (laughs) So if you're hungry at 6, then I mean, you'll find somewhere. But yeah, some of the restaurants won't even be open yet. Um, Someone says they were being ignored in an urgent situation and asking for help. Yeah, so not knowing how to ask for help Um, and maybe not knowing who to ask for help, so you weren't getting the right, um, the right help. Let's see here in the chat, we have some other people uh, giving examples. Someone said they moved to another city in the same country um, after marriage and everything was completely different. Totally, yeah. So this isn't just at the country level. Um, You'll get different cultures regionally as well. Um, You get different types of animals and climate in Borneo, totally. Um, Batter made the point that with social media, we get so used to seeing all these different habits already. So maybe because we have a lot more information online, it's less surprising, could be totally, it's a lot easier to research what a place is going to be like, I think. Um, and I also think a lot of the metropolitan cities are kind of um, a similar enough culture that if you were just to go to a large city somewhere in the world, they're gonna have a lot of the um, services, restaurants and things that you're used to. You're gonna be able to find a lot of it in the major cities around the world. Um, mm-hmm. So Rekha is talking about the UK, people get m- backed when the weather... I'm not sure what you mean, maybe me- meant to say baked or something like or so, like burnt, when the weather is hot or warm? Not sure, Rekha maybe, oh. Oh, they get naked. Na- naked, Oh, so they, they don't wear so much clothes, yeah. So in the park, people will be wearing their swimsuit, for example, when it's, um, when it's really hot or warm out, absolutely. Especially, um, I was living in London, and if it's a hot day, everyone's at the park and pretending it's the beach because the beach is too far away. Um, Okay, Nuesha from Russia said they're in the third stage of culture shock. Um, so maybe tell us some of the things that were um, things that you found stressful or different. And it's just too chill in Spain sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the hard the hardest thing can be that people aren't working at the pace you're used to, especially if you're it's a working context. So I think um, with culture shock there's a difference too between um, a working context or um, personal context. So making friends and stuff could be quite different as well. Um, So how do we cope with it? Um, Depending on the severity, um, depending, I mean, if you wanted to move to this place, maybe you were forced to by work or a partner got a job or something like that. So there might be sort of different reasons why you're feeling more stressed. Um, and the best thing you can do is prepare. So, mentally and emotionally, um, if you're a really social person, maybe you want to try and seek out some expat groups. So, these are groups that are people from your country living in this new place. And so, you'll already have a place to start to make some friends. Um, that social support will certainly um, help you a lot. Uh, be patient it takes time to um takes time to meet meet friends and um takes time to get used to a new place just figuring out which brands you like now I always find um you know with food you have your favorite brands you know that they're good quality and that you like a certain one so when you move countries then you're going to need to get to know all these new brands as well um and I think the best thing you can do is just have your Mind open. And so be ready for change and um, be ready for learning. Uh, but there'll be difficult days. And then that's when you need some social support. Okay. So we have a few more kind of do's and don'ts. Um, so, Badr saying, what's the third stage? So, Badr, the third stage was um, so the first stage is honeymoon. Second is um, when you're having all the issues, you're kind of experiencing it. Third is kind of when you're accepting. So when you're starting to kind of see differences in a different light, um, in a more positive way. Um, And so what are some things you can do? Yeah. So commit to forging new connections, joining clubs, seeking out expats, do things that you already enjoy, and then you'll probably meet people along the way, Um, have a growth mindset. So you're there to learn. Um, Think about your partner and your children if you have them. So, you know, also, Try to make sure that they're doing well and look after your health, um, physical and mental. And things don't do. So I, th- I think we've talked about this a couple of times here, but expectations are the real killer. If you have huge expectations of a place and you go, um, you know, you're just going to be disappointed, the chances are. Um, I've heard that one of the cities in the world where people have the highest expectations is uh, Paris and so there's actually something called Paris syndrome where people think it's going to be you know this amazingly romantic perfect city and then they go and then they see maybe there's like the metro's kind of dirty or um, I don't know things just aren't as they expected and of course Paris is a wonderful city I've I've been several times I I really like it but people had this like so romanticized vision in their head um that they end up getting disappointed (laughs) and another don't is don't spend too much time calling home Um, so you want to try to make friends in your new environment and maybe kind of set an allocated time for calling home and don't rush it so going on to for you um, what would be the most important factor for you to choose a new country? So let's say that with whatever kind of job you do, you had an opportunity to go abroad. Um, Would it be because you want better work-life balance? So maybe where you work right now, you don't get very much time off. Um, Or in the, yeah, some cultures like vacation isn't really taken that much. Is the cost of living really high where you are? You'd like to move somewhere with a lower cost of living. Are the work opportunities in your home country not great? and so you, You just want a better opportunity abroad or are you looking for a healthier environment? So maybe it's very polluted or dangerous where you live, anything that's kind of um, a risk to your health. Let me know. Okay. I'm are you saying? planning to visit Paris soon. So I'll minimize. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it is wonderful, but I think, um, yeah, people think it's going to be like a movie maybe and they go there and it's just an, it's just a normal place too, but it is incredible to walk around and um, especially at night when it's all lit up. And if you're going in the summertime um, along the Seine River, there's all different places you can stop to have a drink or a bite right along the river, so that I definitely recommend in the evenings. (laughs) All right, and Mimine says, I am French, I know, (laughs) so maybe Mimine can give Vader some suggestions for her Paris trip, she knows. Um, Okay so let's see where we're landing. Pretty even actually um, but the top two are healthy environment and work-life balance. So I think yeah absolutely Um, if you're living somewhere where it's very polluted or maybe dangerous uh, you want to just get somewhere where you can be healthy and happy um, and work-life balance too. So places like in the U.S. most companies give two weeks of holiday, whereas in Europe, many countries, it's at least five weeks. Um, I think speaking of France, I think France has the most holidays in Europe, so they get a lot of public holidays um, as well on top, and people do take them. Um, So I think if you're looking for um, more work-life balance, then I think Europe certainly is a good option. Cool. Yeah. For me, I when I decided to move to the UK, um, it was probably a combination of the work opportunity and work life balance. And so there was an opportunity to um, go and do an interesting role. And I also wanted the chance to be able to travel easily. So from London, there's five airports. You can really easily go visit different places in Europe. Whereas living in Canada, you're kind of far away from everything. So someone said, where are you from? From Canada, from the West Coast, but lived in London eight years. And someone asks, what does polluted mean? So I'll type how it's spelled here. Polluted means when there is, um, like, uh, for instance, poor air quality. Um, There's a lot of maybe factories around which are emitting... um, gases and things into the air which are bad for um, our health bad for breathing cool yeah so for me that was those were the two reasons to move to the uk um certainly not cost of living (laughs) london's very expensive and healthy environment there's a lot of green space but um it still is a large city so um so I was looking up, I was curious what would be the top five expat countries. Um, so this year there's a group called internations, which has people from all over the world. Um, and they asked these expats to evaluate their quality of life. And so there'd be a few different things that factor into, um, into this. We'll, we'll go into it after, but things like work life quality and safety and, um, different topics like that. So this was the the countries. So the top five to be an expat. So expatriate means someone living outside of their country. Is Mexico, Indonesia, Taiwan, Portugal, and Spain. Interesting. Um, I think I would definitely, I've been working on my Spanish. So I think Mexico and Spain, I think I could definitely do. Um, I think Indonesia, probably they're talking about Bali a lot as a destination where people who are, Um, remote workers are going a lot um so now it's your turn tell me which one would you choose a couple of you already said in the chat but let's hear i think if i had to choose today oh it's a tough one I i might choose the top one mexico i really love mexican food and um it's such a diverse country um So I think the only the tricky part with Mexico might be finding a well-paying job. Um, the economy is well. I think there's probably some good opportunities, but um, it depends on your lifestyle costs too. If maybe you don't need to have as much, depending on what you're doing. Okay. So let's see what everyone's saying. All right, so far, no one for Indonesia. I mean, I think living in Bali would be pretty awesome too. Um, Maybe not forever, but I think I could do a couple of years living in Bali, Um, very happily. (laughs) Okay, Danny says, come to Mexico. All right, I'll see you, (laughs) see you there. Um, I was just in Mexico um, back in January and February, actually. Yes, the food is awesome. i I I love spicy food. So Mexican um, is one of my favorites, and then Indian and Thai are my three. So I think, yeah, Mexican food would be awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, Spain is coming out on top for everyone. And a couple more just added to it as well. And then we have Mexico and Portugal tied. Um, just one person for Taiwan and no one wants to move to Bali, interestingly enough. Okay, so Spain is the winner. <laughs> and I think absolutely, I think I could 100% live in Spain very happily too. And so there's this kind of new um, new type of person coming up, a digital nomad, which I mean, right now, actually, I've, I'm traveling and I'm working. Um, so this this would could be me as well. And so it's... Um, It's people who are on a specific type of visa. So there's these remote worker visa or digital nomad visas coming up in different countries. And they go to these countries and they're working online. Maybe it's for a company that's back in their home country. Maybe they have their own business. Um, You have kind of like YouTubers and influencers too who could fall under this category. Um, And it's really growing in popularity. So I think since... Um, the pandemic, a lot of companies have realized that uh, people can work online. Yeah, so means saying due to COVID, not just due to COVID. I think um, these are people who choose to now be um, kind of location independent. So a nomad is someone who travels around from place to place. And so, um, and they're enabled in this situation um, digitally by the internet. Um, So I think this is just a trend that's going to increase and increase. And so maybe these people um, will have the chance to live in many different cultures and um, become even more multicultural. All right. So that's it for today. But I'd like to know if any of these topics were particularly interesting to you. Um, You want to go into them in more detail. And then I can do another stream another day. on that and then let me just go into the chat here while you're answering Um, so Parvana says what is your favorite country Um, I'd have to say it's it's tricky but I think my favorite two countries I'll say so far are um, Brazil and Mexico Um, as I said Mexico it's a very diverse country there's so much to see there love the food people are great Um, And Brazil, the people are absolutely wonderful as well. You have 7,000 kilometers of coastline, um, wonderful wildlife, uh, beaches. Yeah, so those would be my two favorite countries. Okay, so Someone said they'd like to go into topic of visas. Yeah, so we could definitely do a session on like the different types of visas that are like tourist or uh, worker, remote worker, family visa. There's so many different types. So maybe we could choose a few of the countries that are the most popular to move and look at that. Um, Mexico lifestyle. Yeah, so I've, I've spent... Um, a couple of months in Mexico, so I don't, you know, I don't (laughs) know a lot, but I could talk about maybe some of my favorite places. Um, And yeah, Johan asks if I've been in Sweden. I have. I used to work in Stockholm sometimes, so I would go to Stockholm and I've been to Malmo. Um, Cool. All right. So, Anything about other countries? All right. Well, there's going to be a few other streams coming up this week on different topics. So basically, it can be any topic. So if you have something that interests you, um, maybe something I've mentioned, let me know and I will um, put one together. Perfect. All right. It was nice chatting to you guys about Culture Shock today. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day or evening, wherever you are. Bye.